This is Rosa Femme in 60 Minutes with Beauty Salala. A very good evening and welcome to another edition of Rise FM in 60 Minutes with your host, Beauty Salala. A big thank you to Zingisa Chira and Wandila Mazibuko. They are back tomorrow on Taking Care of Business between 6 and 7 p.m. Coming up on the show tonight, we speak to the coordinator of traditional healers organizations, Koko Pepsi Lemaseko, on the significance of celebrating African Traditional Medicine Week. And then later on the show, we're going to be discussing the new lockdown regulations for weddings in the country. Now, 121 more people have died in South Africa after contracting the coronavirus, bringing the death toll to 14,149. In the last 24-hour cycle, 1,985 new infections have been picked up, pushing the number of known cases in this country to 627,000. The recovery rate is holding steady at um, 86%, meaning that uh, 540,000 people have recovered so far. On the line, I'm now joined by Mpumalanga Health MEC, Sasakane Manzini. Good evening, MEC, and welcome once again to Rise FM. Evening to yourself, and to the listeners of Rise FM. MEC, can you just start off by giving us a breakdown of COVID-19 stats from Mpumalanga? As a province, we can indicate that uh, we have we managed to screen 7,068,239 and out of that, we have uh, conducted 137,415 COVID-19 tests, and uh, uh, the province has 24,132 positive cases. And out of that, um, 22,563 cases have fully recovered, which is 93%, mm. which is something very good for the province. And we have uh, lost 1,200. 1,228, which are active cases, mm. and we have lost 320 uh, people made their soul rest in peace. But we need also to celebrate the 93% recovery rate as a problem. Mm, it is indeed a good recovery rate. MEC, we are now two weeks into level two of the national lockdown. Are people still complying um, with the regulations? We can say that uh, the department uh, and, the, and the country has done a lot in terms of educating our people mm. in terms of understanding what is COVID-19. And hence, with uh, the, the national, the president, uh, we felt that uh, it is now time that we must ease the lockdown uh, regulations, as we have correctly said, to level two. And uh, it is it, based on that the virus is now lower, you can see, in terms of the numbers on a daily basis, in terms of transmission rates amongst our communities. Mm. And also means that uh, if people uh, don't uh, care anymore, most of the, uh, them, uh, uh, we can see that uh, they started to throw parties and everything. It doesn't mean that COVID-19 is no longer here. Mm. It doesn't mean that uh, we are not going to be infected. Hence, we are saying that... Uh, it, it only means that we must open the economy so that our people continue to go to work because also that affects uh, our country so that we are able to continue to provide services to our people. But what it means is that let's allow more uh, sectors to open, let's allow people to go to work, mm-hmm. but at the same time continue to, to um, make sure that you, you abide by the lockdown uh, regulation in terms of your, uh, your, your, your 50 people going to funerals, mm-hmm. in terms of your people now they can visit their homes, but you know they are saying not more than ten. I heard that you are going to have a visitor who's going to talk about the regulations, but to always continue to adhere to the regulation as stipulated. Put your mask when you are going out and washing your hands at always all the time. That's what we must continue to do, mm-hmm. even though we are we are now at uh, the level level two. 
And MEC, we saw other provinces preparing AMA field hospitals. Do we have our very own line, Bumalanga? And is there still a need for such, um, since you did mention, Uguti, the numbers are now going down? Uh, as a province, our, our approach even from the beginning was not the approach of going to stadiums and all that. Hence, we did not have such plans in, as a province. We mm. focus on making sure that our own uh, facilities that we are having is either increase the number of beds that we were not utilizing before or, or convert some of the uh, facilities that we had. For, or for example, we used our, our TB hospital in the province that we, we were not utilizing it fully mm-hmm. and we, we changed that to be our isolation areas. And uh, further than that, we, for the ICU beds and all that, the focus was on Ferrer and your uh, wheat bank. So also your because we're using it, we're looking at the capacity and also if whether the facility that we're going to construct is it going to be used after because we didn't want a situation where we just uh, go and put this uh, field hospital and after some time we must remove it. So we wanted to put more investment on infrastructure than to uh, uh, put on something that we are not going to show after uh, the, the COVID-19. So that was our approach even previously. Mm. Of course, now we have heard that uh, in terms of, because we are we are studying the data and the trend as a province. It mm. tells you that we were able to manage the, the positive cases that we are having with the resources. Hence, even our quarantine facilities were not fully utilized and all that. Hence, we are saying it, it was good, the approach that we took as a province to focus on the existing infrastructure, even when we expand, let's expand to what we are currently having. Hence, we have seen us renovating your Babaton TV, BTP, your, your Donga, mm. your, your Daton, your Betal, so that's where we focus most as a province in terms of uh, dealing with the COVID-19 and infrastructure. Mm. And MEC, we saw you visiting um, facilities, checking on the availability of uh, PPP, PPE rather for frontline workers. Tell us more about these visits. Yes, we, we as a province, we are prioritizing the safety of our workers. Hence, mm. I, I, as an MEC, I'm the one who tells uh, workers to say, if you don't have PPE, you must not work. Mm. Because no, that is a province. We have got enough PPEs in the depot, and in terms of transporting our uh, PPE to the different facilities, we are doing that. We have even made special arrangement to say, as and when there's a challenge, we are able to take uh, the PPE to the facilities. So we are also working with the organized labor from time to time. On a daily basis, we are reporting to them on the level of stock of our PPEs. So we can say that um, as a province, we are prioritizing our frontline workers mm. and we are making sure that at all times they've got correct and uh, proper PPE for, for them to service our people because we don't want to lose even one healthcare workers because you know that there's a shortage in the country as it is. So if we are going to expose our frontline workers and they're going to, we're going to lose them out of COVID-19 or they're going to be infected mm. and they will work, that on its own affects us and our people in the province. Hence, we are prioritizing their safety at all times. Okay. And then just in closing, MEC, is there any other message that you would like to um, give to the people of Mpumalang? It is just to continue to promote our preventative measures that all everyone knows, even the children, they know that now they are washing their hands with water and soap. Yeah, if or if not, they are using sanitizer. They are, we must observe social distance when we are outside you are in malls or you are in taxi rank and all that. And uh, to make sure that the different stakeholders that are there assist us in terms of, you know, churches, some go to church, traditional leaders, they try to, to, to assist us in that regard to make sure that uh, you must be each other's keeper. If you see somebody 
at a, at a shop or at a mall without observing social distance, you must tell that person to do so. If you see a person not putting on their mask, tell that person you must put on their mask because that person is a danger to himself or herself and to the to yourself and community and your family. Mm-hmm. So we must be, we must not wait for police to go and make sure that they enforce compliance. We must ourselves uh, comply without being uh, instructed, without being forced to do so. It must come from saying, I'm saving my life, my family's life, and the community where I stay. So if we can do that, I think we really appreciate also the work that they're doing in the media on a daily basis, communicating, educating our people mm-hmm. on what to do in terms of preventing themselves and other people from from being affected by the infected by the COVID-19. So let's continue to working together. That's what we are asking from our people. And we thank them for adhering to the regulation, those that are adhering to the regulation. We thank those that are staying at home if it's not necessary for them to go anywhere. So we have heard even other people saying, me and my family who are still in level five. Mm-hmm. My thought you are protecting yourself and your family and the community we are staying. So we really appreciate all the effort that are being made by members of the community into working with government so that we kept the spread of this virus. MEC, thank you so much for making time to speak to us. Thank you, Beauty, and to the listeners of Rise FM. And that was Mpumalanga Health, MEC Sasakane Manzini. The events, the issues, the Mpumalanga impact. Rise FM in 60 minutes with Beauty Selala. Now, the celebration of African Traditional Medicine Week was concluded yesterday. African Traditional Medicine Week is celebrated from the 26th up until the 31st of August. This holistic medicinal practice by traditional healers incorporates national, uh, natural rather herbs, ingredients, and African spirituality to bring physical, mental, and spiritual healing to individuals. On the line, I'm now joined by the coordinator of traditional healers organizations, Ukoko Pepsile Masego. Ukoko Pepsile, what is the significance of African Traditional Medicine Week? Um, the significance of African of Traditional Medicine Week is is that uh, you know the continent Africa has realized the potential, the economic and social uh, benefits that we have in traditional medicine, and 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 yet we're not talking much about it, and also that countries are not you know, investing much into traditional medicine as a as an independent healthcare system that is not uh, alternative, but rather indigenous to the country, uh, South Africa, and also to the continent of Africa. So the significance here, more than anything else, is that we 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 are promoting a healthcare system that is that is uh, integrated in into our culture and and familiar, you know, with the way of life of people of Africa, and that is why we want to promote it as passionate as we possibly can. Mm. And in your view, do you think that, you know, government is doing enough to involve traditional healers in official healthcare services? You know, for as long as government is not, because for as long as government is not able to put in place workable uh, uh, legal frameworks, the policies, that necessitate for for the, for for the promotion and development and commercialization of traditional medicine mm-hmm. i don't think we 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 are happy with government i don't think consumers of of african traditional medicine are happy with government either so there's nothing much that we're getting for from government that we can say uh, it assists in the development 
of 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 an independent in the indigenous system of healthcare. So no, we're not happy at all. And the fact that also, unlike in in Asia and other continents where the politicians are the ones that advocate for the promotion of their own indigenous uh, traditional medicines mm. in Africa, in South Africa particularly, we're not seeing much of that. So that is where the problem lies, that our own people, once they descend from our own villages, locations, and live in cities, they then think everything that is cultural should be left with the city, should be left there to die, and themselves they should move alone. And that is a problem, because if you look at what has happened in India, mm. when Indian people that are politicians, you know, transcended from their own uh, villages and locations to a, a much more modernized city, city, they decided to take their culture with them. And part of taking culture was, was ensuring that their own traditional medicines and, and indigenous sciences was lifted and given a much higher status. We're not seeing much here. We're not seeing a lot of that here. Instead, we're seeing uh, politicians that are, are preoccupied with wanting to fit in into Western systems and into Western religions, into Western things that it will never help in the development of a bigger African continent. Mm. And Gogo, what would you say are some of the challenges facing uh, traditional healers today? One, it is that we, 